0: I need, I need a. I need need a, a Bible reader. That's what I need. It's only about six verses. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like last week. This isn't a trap. This isn't a trap. Rowan's got his hand up. Come run. Put your hand up. You read, my brother. So. Are you going to be? Do you have eye issues like me? We can. Don't worry. We can. You know, it's one of those screens. <laughs> we can do this thing together.
1: <laughs> okay, there we go. Now, Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field, so he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance.
0: Yeah, ends this morning's reading. Thank you, Ron. So yeah. Thanks for being on the spot, it's not necessarily easy just to suddenly get up and read. We know that God's word is inspired, infallible, and authoritative for our lives. And so Lord, as we come to it, we pray that you would equip us through it, build us up, put faith in our hearts, even adjust things which we need adjusting, Lord. But put faith in our hearts, Lord, for the things you want to do in our lives, Feed us, Lord. Your word feeds us. It makes us spiritually nourished and strong. We want that nourishment, Lord. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So God's word is a particularly wonderful and powerful thing. And we do love worship in this church. And we do love prayer. And we love them because the Bible speaks about them. And we love Jesus because the Bible speaks about him. And we love community because the Bible speaks about it. You get where I'm going with this. Everything comes from that book which he's inspired. That's how we come to know all these things. And without God's word, where would we be? So we want to come to God's word, and we're looking at the life of Joseph. It's uh, one of these Bible biographies. And a few weeks ago when we introduced this topic, I mentioned that Oliver Cromwell said, paint me as I am, warts and all. And we know that God, as he's inspired the writers of Scripture, was faithful to give us the full message warts and all so that we could see who they were and when we look at jacob's family and joseph being one of his sons <laughs> we get a, a picture a full picture of what was going on in their lives and last week we looked at judah and tamar his daughter-in-law and his sons and boy did we see warts and all and this week, we're back to Joseph, as it were, proper. There are 12 chapters which speak about this message. It's one of the big stories of Scripture. It's certainly one of the highlight big stories of the book of Genesis. And in many ways, forms a picture, like a shadow, like a type of Jesus. It gives us a picture of what Jesus is like. And just an amazing account. And as we look at Joseph's life, we, you've got to go with a magnifying glass, or a fine tooth comb to find the problems in this guy's life. And uh, so here we have chapter 39. Now, interestingly enough, when you read the little titles, you know, Bibles often put a title in there. It's not inspired. It's just the Bible translators put it in there so that you can see what the passage is about. And in the ESV, it's got Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Now, we haven't got to that portion yet. We ended reading that he was handsome in form and appearance. So we'll get to Potiphar's wife next week, but we want to deal with these verses, and the title doesn't actually apply. Now, oftentimes, you come to church and you wonder, when is it going to be addressed, what it's like in the working world? You know, we come two hours on a Sunday, and that's the halftime break, they say, for the big game. You get your quarter of an orange here, some water, maybe some magic spray, and then you get told... Go back and take the land. God has given it to us. He's blessed us. We're His people. Um, well, today I want to speak quite a lot to the issue of the working world because this portion talks about how Joseph handled himself as a slave in Potiphar's house and how God's hand was with him and blessed all that he put his hand to. It's not talking about his worship. Although, doubtless, because he was a, a Yahweh follower, believer in the covenant, he must have worshipped God in that time. He's not talking about his prayer life. His prayer life's not mentioned. It's not talking about his reading of the scriptures because Moses hadn't written them yet. He's just talking about Joseph in the house in which he gets bought into. His brothers sell him as a slave, and here he's bought into Potiphar's house. Now, remember we said that Joseph's brothers... Um, had this thing where they envied him, and their envy leads to jealousy, leads to a hatred of him, leads to a betrayal of him they want to kill him and then judas says no let 's actually get some money from them sell him off as a slave, twenty silver pieces and he gets taken down to Egypt and so chapter thirty nine picks up it says that he 's sold into Potiphar 's house an officer of Pharaoh. it just so happens, remember it just so happens God is working behind the scenes in your working life. He places people. He places people, our God. Now, he could have been sold to any number of households in Egypt for any purpose. He could have been taken to some farm on the outskirts somewhere, way up the Nile. He could have been sold to someone who wanted to use slaves for fighting against animals. But no, he's sold into Potiphar's house. Why? Because God is working behind the scenes. How many of you have faith that God is working behind the scenes in your life? If you don't, today, you must settle that thing in your heart. God is working behind the scenes in the lives of his people. You want a scripture? We spoke about it a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, whatever. Romans 8 verse 28. In all things, he's working for those who are called those who are called according to his purpose. In all things, he's working. In all things. I'm not saying everything that happens to you is by his design. I'm saying when they happen to you, in those circumstances, he'll work according to his purposes. Are you with me? I don't have a fatalistic theology that everything that happens was God. But even bad circumstances, he can work in them to accomplish his good purposes. And so we have Joseph here and there's some wonderful things too. So what I'm wanting you to look out for today is what it's like in the working world, all right? So if you want a title and you're writing notes or maybe they want a title for the screen afterwards, diligence and favor. We see Joseph's part is to be diligent and then Yahweh's part, our gracious God, is that he puts favor on our lives. Isn't that amazing? There's also this mixture in God that he knows how to bring favor in the right season and also chastening to cut the barbie edges off of our lives. Barbie, not barbie as in the doll, eh? barbed as in wire. Those edges, to get rid of them, to chisel them down and prepare us for what we're called to be so we got joseph we mentioned that he's the favorite son of the favorite wife he had these dreams he naively tells them and his brothers sell him off and it just so happened that they weren't at shechem they were at dotham which is on the route to egypt that's where the slave traders passed well they traded in other things but it just so happened you see god was working behind the scenes well, he gets sold into the house of the significant leader. He's captain of the God for Pharaoh. So there's a close relationship to Pharaoh, which is important. You don't know what it is about your circumstance right now that's tailor-made. You don't know. You don't. But he does. But he does. Your job is to be diligent and allow him to put his favor on you in that workspace. So we're going to see some of these wonderful things in, in this life of Joseph here in this passage. Well, in Psalm 105, as I've been saying each week, it says, when he summed up, this is verse 16, when he summoned a, f- a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them. You see, he's, he's, he's got a preparation plan. He's preparing Joseph for something. Joseph doesn't know it at the point that we're at, Genesis 39. But God had a plan. Later, Joseph comes to know that God had this plan. He sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Wow, that was God's plan. That's how God was going to work it. His feet were hurt with fetters. Thank you, Lord, I'm called. I've got a place to go, but my feet had to be hurt first. His neck was put in a collar of iron. There are many things which, which happen in this life. You think, how can that possibly be God's purpose? How can that be the thing God wants to work in? Maybe this can answer somewhat how we can be thankful in, in all circumstances. Because he's going to use those circumstances to bring about his good. Yeah, there's an amen in the audience. And then it says in verse 19, the word of the Lord tested him. You're going to be tested as well to accomplish God's good purposes. So God has a program of preparation for all of us. He has a program of preparation. You know what I think? I think that sometimes people go through a long program of preparation, and when the time comes, they dial out, and they don't accomplish what God's called them to. Let me just throw that one out there as well the moment could have come okay now you prince of egypt now you're the guy handing all the affairs for pharaoh and then he just like well now life is good now i'm going to just head off down the nile and live there and do this and do that and pocket the extras and when the nations from around come who cares about them but uh, joseph all that he was prepared for all the things he faced was preparation for something and the moment came and he was ready. So God has this program of preparation. There are a number of different things written into the text which give us a key into understanding Joseph's life. One of them is he's in his father's house at home. The scene is set. Then he's in Potiphar's house. Then he's in the prison house. Then he's in Pharaoh's house. And then he goes to his eternal home. He says, take my bones and bury them back there in Canaan. You know that? Each of those houses. Then there's... Another way of looking, following the story, this is for for the those who are into drama amongst us. He gets this coat of many colours, then that gets stripped off of him, and he gets slave clothes. Then that gets stripped off of him; he gets prison clothes. Then he gets a shave and a haircut, and he gets brought before Pharaoh, and he gets royal garb, and then he gets dressed. He gets embalmed for his eternal home. The, the, there are another two or three of those kind of things which you can follow through the life of Joseph. This, this is an amazing story. How is it so well put together? Obviously, there's a divine author who inspires um, Moses as he looks into the oral record, and then he develops and writes his theme. So it's, a, it's, it's just a beautiful story to read, let alone all that it speaks to us of. But he got that multicolored coat, which was a sign of the fact that he was the son who was chosen to carry the birthright. One of the things all the brothers were jealous of. And he also had dreams. He knew God had spoken to him. This is going to happen in his life. His brothers will bow down to him. He will be the patriarchal head of the family, as it were, for all of them. And it turns out that way because God brings it about. So a couple of things which come out of this passage. Firstly, there, there's some events which were difficult to fathom before this passage, which he has to overcome. Okay? Difficulties in our past for us to move on have to be dealt with. Without him dealing with the fact that he was betrayed and sold by his brothers, that they actually even wanted to kill him and probably heard those conversations, the debate. No, 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 let's get the 20 silver pieces. No, 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 he might appear one day again, then we will be caught out. Let's just kill him now. Let's get it over with. He's got to find forgiveness. He's got to move on from that. Now, we're going to speak about forgiveness in a greater extent later on because there's a, there's a place in the story where Joseph says, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good, and his heart is cleared. And he's reached that place of complete forgiveness. But for him to find favor in Potiphar's house and to move on with his life in that next season, he obviously had to move on from events difficult to fathom and to find forgiveness now the bible speaks about forgiveness on many occasions eh? and so we're going to look out for that and speak a little bit about that this morning but noting that we're still going to come to a bigger message on that in the future the next thing we have to look at is the fact that he he had to learn to be faithful in the little things and he didn't know yet that he was destined for an administration of a nation but he has to just administer a household. Isn't that amazing? You know, you know, for elders, the Bible says that you must see, does this man stand well in front of his family? That's what the Bible says. Then he can stand in front of the household of God. So he has to learn to lead a household and administer a household. He has to discover his administrative skills. He didn't know that he had them actually. He didn't have to he didn't know that he had to be schooled in them for those dreams which he had to be fulfilled. Sometimes the dreams we have, we don't realize what needs to be put in place to bring us to the point where God has actually chosen to use us. If I may just throw this in again. If you're in the audience now and you think that your career is done, you've 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 just about reached the end of your career. Maybe a lot of that was preparation for this next season. I just want to say God's not finished with, with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. Maybe he's about to put the biggest thing he was ever going to entrust to you in your hands. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's a message for someone here this morning. He had to learn to live with God's favor and see it and embrace it. Sometimes people get so in a place of a kind of a rejection syndrome and brokenness that they don't know how to receive and live in the blessing of God. And when it starts to come, they 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 almost truncate it and block it by running into sin or speaking against it or undermining what God is actually wanting to do. That could have happened to Joseph. He could have got into such a spiral downwards of my brothers have sold me out. This is terrible. Here I am a slave. Grumbling and brokenness could have truncated and ended what God was wanting to do. He had to rise up within that household. He had to learn to administrate that household and to have the blessing and favor of God on him. He had to also keep his eye on the future without living in a place where it was just a fantasy about the future. Total unreality, you know, like, oh, well, it'll come about. But he had to apply himself in the present while keeping his eye on the future and the dreams. That's also a tricky thing. I'm speaking into the working world here today. That's what this passage is talking about. Eh? It's not a message about the cross this morning. It's you in the working world, you as a Christian, God dealing in your life, working in your life, preparing you for works of service, for what he has for you. Wisdom in the workplace, as it were. yet had to learn to be faithful in someone else's household, with someone else's goods. yet had to learn to do it without grumbling, but in a servant-hearted fashion. So, it's an amazing passage, and it tells us a lot of things. Obviously, we're not going to be able to explore all of those different things that I've just mentioned there. But some people, you could be sitting here today and say, well, I'm trapped in my career. I've got no room to move. And you've got Monday morning Mully Grubb Syndrome. You wake up on Monday morning, and it's like another week of drudgery. You weren't sold as a slave. you in a free country. Man. You've got opportunity to go in there. You think about the blessing and favor that fell on Joseph. The whole household was blessed because of his presence. Your workplace can change because you go there. But you sit in a place, and I'm not trying to pick on any individual here. I'm just kind of scanning, looking across the audience. But if the message fits, wear it. Eh? And change yourself. All right, change yourself. But there are people who live in that place where it's just grumble, 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 grumble. It's never like, you they gave me a computer at work, but it's not as fast as the one in the other guy's office. <laughs> Our internet keeps going down. And it's this, and it's that. And we just think like, well, hang on a second. Come, come to the church I lead. I'll introduce you to some people and, and introduce you to the circumstances they're facing, and I'll show you their attitude. Because there's some people with good attitude in this church. Many people with good attitudes. Sorry, let me just re- revise that. Eh? <laughs> oh, and I'm trapped in my marriage. Well, then change your marriage, make it sweet. You, someone said. <laughs> and that you was an appeal for white roses tomorrow night, please. don't know the family i come from you don't know the house i live in you don't know what's wrong with my car you don't know man hey joseph this is the passage we have before us today this is a great template text for us to look at in terms of our working environments our household that's where he was he was in the household and he's the slave man he's the slave but the whole environment has changed because of his presence favor comes upon the household because joseph is there isn't that wonderful because of his diligence and because he's walking with yahweh yahweh puts his favor on that household and blesses it this is a beautiful passage i love this passage wisdom in the workplace for us now i i'm all for sociology as a discipline of learning right I studied it myself at university. I'm all for psychology. I'm all for therapists. I'm all for what they can do, okay? Counselors, etc. Joseph had no counselor. He had no therapist. He had no parent loving him there. He had no friend in that household. He arrived as a slave, but he rose above it all. In God, it's possible in your life. I'm all for therapy. I'm all for sociology. I'm all for books that are going to help you. I'm all for... Some TED talk that's gonna happen. Let me just say, start with Yahweh. Go to him first. Say, Yahweh, God of Israel, your hand was on Joseph's life. Put your hand on my life. Amen. So you've fallen behind in bond payments. Well, guess what? His hand was so on Joseph that everything in Potiphar's house and field was blessed, it says. Did you, did you notice that phrase? That's one of those phrases. It's like an idiom of a language to express that everything pertaining to this guy's house or Potiphar's household, was blessed because of the presence of Joseph. God can turn it around. We serve a God who can turn it around. He managed somehow on his own being taken down to Egypt to find healing in his heart and to move on. He had Yahweh, God of Israel. That's what he had. Isn't that amazing? So Genesis 39, verse 2 says, The Lord was with Joseph. That's such a nice phrase. It's. I read a little bit of Hebrew every now and again, or try and work through the passages. So each one of these weeks, I've been working through the passage, reading it, listening to someone else read it so that I get pronunciation right, etc. The way it reads, it goes, and he, Yahweh, was with Joseph. That's how it reads in the Hebrew. And he, Yahweh, was with Joseph. That's the word order. And the Jews would read, read it, where he, Adonai, Et Yosef, because they don't pronounce Yahweh. They will say Adonai, Lord or Master. But the interesting thing is, in this text, it's the word Yahweh, the tetragrammaton, those four letters, which know that it's speaking about him, the God of Israel, by his very name. All right? Now, why is that important? Why do you want to just emphasize that today? I want to emphasize that because, Potiphar indicates that he knows the blessing is there because Yahweh is with Joseph. Did you notice that in the text? Perhaps you didn't. We need to notice that, that Potiphar sees that the blessing is on this guy, Joseph. Now, how does he know that Yahweh is the one blessing him? How is it possible for someone in Egypt to have heard about Yahweh? When Yahweh revealed himself to Abraham, Abraham went down there, Bit of a tenuous link there. Doubt that's come about through that. It's most likely to have come about because he's asking this Joseph, What is it about you? Oh, no, I know I'm, I'm from a family that are chosen to serve Yahweh. We walk with him because he knows. He asks him. Or at some moment, Joseph certainly tells him because that's the only possible way he came to know that Yahweh is Joseph's God. Such is the blessing and favor and the diligence and the work rate and all he puts his hand to that Potiphar dials out of everything in his house. He puts everything in this guy's hands. You just deal with it all. All he had to worry about was the food on his table. What will the delicacies be? Don't get distracted. We're focusing on being like Joseph, not like Potiphar, okay? okay. Just in case. So he forgives luke 11 verse 4 in um the prayer instruction we get from jesus and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us there's, there's this thing for christians that we are a forgiving people and we must forgive there's even a relationship between the amount we forgive and how we get forgiven we've been forgiven completely so we should forgive completely so there's a parable where peter asks jesus he says look how many times must i forgive my brother like seven times you know because there's got to be a limit i mean he keeps doing this thing and you know i'm not telling you who it is but it's you know andrew and james and they're like they're messing up all the time but so how many times must i forgive he asks in front of them so jesus can just set them straight and jesus tells them 70 times seven basically you keep forgiving and as he ends off talking about that, this is in, in Matthew 18. He says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. He, that's, there's the trick in forgiveness. It has to come from inside. For that, you need the Holy Spirit. So if you're struggling with forgiveness, you need the Holy Spirit so that it can come from the heart so that you can get free in your heart I said we're going to come back to this idea of forgiveness later because there's a portion later in the story which really lends itself to it but it is such a regular tripping point for people it's good to mention it right here today again find forgiveness so that you can move on amen so one of the things which indicates that you've moved on is you're not a grumbler Philippians 2 verse 14 says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Do all things without grumbling and disputing. That helps families, eh, when you don't have grumblers in the family. When everyone gets on with things with joyful alacrity. You know, you get the job done happily, quickly, Easy. Know what I mean? Clean your room. Say it louder. Okay. There's an appeal from the front that I should say it louder. <laughs> There's so many things we are apt to grumble about, eh? Let's fix the thing, man. Nobody wants to be on a team with a bunch of grumblers. Nobody wants to lead a team with a bunch of grumblers. Nobody wants to be on a team where the person leading is just a grumbler, moaner. Everything's wrong. Nothing's good enough. Nothing is done on time around. Blah, 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 blah. Joseph clearly wasn't that. Eh? He had the opposite spirit. Live within the borders of Israel as Joseph helps us here. How do you do that? Well, in the same book, Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Oh, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the solution is to rejoice and to pray. Prayer and praise. That's the solution, constantly. That will give you peace and poise. Prayer and praise will give you peace and poise. We see that in Joseph's life. He was also faithful, obviously, with the little things before he got to lead all of Egypt and administer the national budget of the most prominent nation in his day. Luke chapter 16, verses 10 to 13. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, in handling just money, who will entrust you with true riches? There's a little key to understanding some things in life. True riches is not money. Just saying, let's just, let's look like, on the side, that's thrown in no extra charge. That just happens to fall into the message as I read this. When <laughs> oh, there's silence in the audience as well. And if you have been faithful in that which is another's, or you've not been faithful with that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? So you've got to be faithful with little, faithful with insignificant things like money, and you've got to be faithful with someone else's stuff. Then you can be entrusted with your own, with much, and with true riches. I used to pray when I was a young man. Lord, give me true riches. I want to lead your people. That's what I really find. <laughs> then I got it. Then I was like, yo, Lord. <laughs> I think I was sure. <laughs> but I've come to find the joy and the, the blessing of what I get to do. I'm not unthankful. I am very happy. So, Favor. Genesis 39, verse 3. His master saw that Yahweh was with him. I told you that, eh? His master knew that it was Yahweh that was with him. He knew about gods from other places, but he buys this slave and he learns who the true God is through this slave. Whether he turns to him or not, he sees that favor is on this man. He knows his God is actually a God who acts and moves. Wonderful testimony, eh? That's what we're supposed to be in the workplace, aren't we? The hand of God upon us. Blessing and favor upon us. In our households, on the side of the sports field, in, in all circumstances. Yahweh is there with us. Potiphar was able to see it. So he puts everything in his household in his care. So... Joseph must have told him his success secret at some stage. No, it's because Yahweh is with me. The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Isn't that a wonderful thing that God will bless the circumstances you're in for your sake? I've actually been party to hearing testimony of that in some people's working circumstances. Small to medium enterprise about to go down. I won't name names, but the person said, Lord, this thing cannot go down because I've got a bond payment. I've got to pay my kids' school fees. I've got to, I know the people I'm working with aren't righteous, but you have got to rescue the circumstance. Prayed along the lines of Joseph here. Yeah, you've got to bless this thing so that I can carry on living. They'll get blessed as well, Lord, but you've done that before. You did it in Potiphar's house. Why not now? Bless me, Lord. I'm looking to you you can rescue the circumstance. For my sake, Lord, for my sake, and for my family's sake, rescue them too. Put your favor on this thing. That's where we should be, believers. Amen. Trusting our God. If the economists are right and the predictors are right, we're in for some more tough times economically. There's going to be more fluctuations with the sale of oil and commodities, and there's all sorts of power plays going on, and there's what. But God can put His hand on you, on your family, on the small, medium business enterprise that you're part of, on the nation you're in. God can put His hand upon those things. We learn that from this story. Amen. God blessed everything house and field. In an agrarian economy of those days, that's basically everything. So Joseph rose, and he rose, and he rose. We see diligence and favor. No grumbling. Faithfulness in the small things. Faithfulness with something that was someone else's. Faithful with insignificant things before he gets true riches. Rescuing the people of God as they come to look for grain one day. We see this kind of pattern in a number of biographies in Scripture. We find that David looked after sheep initially. He played a harp, and he defended those sheep against wild animals that came. What ends up happening? He ends up becoming shepherd of Israel. He, 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 he sets in motion worship in the temple, harp to worship in the temple, from sheep to the whole nation of Israel, and, and from dealing with the lion and the bear too fighting Israel's battles against all nations that would come. Do you, you see where I'm going? The training program, sheep, harp, animals, the whole of Israel, the national army, and worship at the temple. We get, God's got a training program for you. God's got a training program for you. And I just want to say, I want to come back to that thing. Some of you have been through the training program, now live in it. Now live in what God has put in your hands. Be that blessing he's called you to be. Administer what he's called you to administer. Lay hold of what he trained you for. Your day has arrived. Your day has come for some of you. Others are in the training program. Psalm 78 verse 70 to 71 talks about David. He took him from shepherding the sheep to shepherding all Israel. So we want to end this morning. Hopefully you got the message, diligence and favor upon David's life. And I want to pray for diligence in your lives. I want to pray for good attitude in the workplace. I want to pray that you can get forgiveness in your heart. And I want to pray for the favor of God to be upon us as a community in the working world. Did you get that? Diligence, attitude, forgiveness, and favor. So let's stand. So the Lord's given us this wonderful account of Joseph's life so that we could learn all these things. Maybe I'll take the liberty of just calling the band up. I know Mark's leading the meeting, but the band can come up. We'll have a song after that. But I want to pray first for you in the working world, you in what God has called you to administer currently, you in your training program, or you as a person who God has put his hand on your life He's done a whole lot and he's prepared you for this season so that you can accomplish something for him. Have you heard Artie Kendall's story? He's a famous Christian leader, writer. He's written over 80 books. His big dream was to retire in Florida where he could do a particular type of fishing. And then he gets confronted one day because he's walking along the, on the beach picking up shells. And God's like, I haven't called you for that. And stroll along the beach pick up shells. can do that maybe for two weeks of the year i've called you to write books for my people i've called you to preach i've called you to sometimes the things we dream about doing when we get there actually really is that changing the world does that bring in the gospel and glory of god into this world i also want my two weeks off to pick up shells and dial out lord we're asking you as we look at joseph's life for diligence and we're asking for favor we're asking that you'd help us with our attitudes that whatever it is that's caused people to get stuck that you'd help them to move on if it's unforgiveness if it's an inability to relate to what's happened to them because of seemingly like how could god have been involved in that but you in your words say you work in all circumstances on behalf of those who are called according to your purpose. And you are working, Lord God, to establish your good purposes in our lives. So, Lord, I want to ask that you would put your favor on those gathered here today. Those online watching. Those who are listening to this message. That your hand of favor would be upon us to accomplish your purposes, Lord. Father, I pray that you would banish the Monday morning mully grubs from our lips. But that we would go speaking of your goodness, of your favor, of your hand upon our lives and that you would evidence it in our working spaces, that you would rescue companies on behalf of people right here this morning, Lord. That you would save circumstances because of our presence in them, Lord God. We ask for it in your mighty name, Jesus. We look to you, Lord God. We see this message about Joseph. And for those who are in a training program, because they are going to administer something for you one day, work for you one day, that you have them in a training program tailor-made for your purposes. I pray you'd give them the grace, the diligence, the fortitude, the stickability to see it through so that you can promote them into that which you've called them, Lord. We ask it in your name, Jesus. Maybe let's end with a song of worship